Welcome to episode 245 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 245 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom, Bevan James Oz. How are you going, mate? Very good. What? You? Why? Why am I very good? Because today I'm going to buy a tent and I'm excited about Whoa, it. Oh, John, you were inspired by the summer holidays? Um, I got a little bit of, a little bit of Christmas money to spend. Oh, nice. I thought, yeah, okay, how much are you going to spend on a tent? Uh, about 400. Oh, and That's you probably good. get a good tent right now because it's the yeah. end of the season. Yeah. yeah. Are you going to go brand new? Oh, yeah. Or are you going to go trade me? No, brand, brand new. And brand Belinda despises camping. Oh, really? It's me and the kids. It's our thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you just it's need exciting. the gear. The gear is the key. Yes. If you've got good gear, camping's fun. Mm. If you haven't, it's not so much fun. No. I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofwhy.com For the world's tastiest, delicious, throat-tingling coffee. It's Extreme endurance. Get on it. Get the lactic buffer to make you faster. And Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. So for tracking great results, John. That's right. Hey. And this week's show, we've got a bit happening, John. What have we got happening? We've got, we've got a bit of news. We've got a high five. High five's back. It's back. We've got a website of the week. It's a bit of a traditional show. Age group of the week? Really? No. Oh. I forgot to delete that. I kind of haven't, kind of haven't. Actually, I want to, we, we've both been talking about an age grouper who raced Monica at the weekend, so it's kind of... Okay, like, yeah, I think we'll do that. Yeah. I think that's age group of the week. We, we might well. incorporate the age group of the week into the news. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll be yeah, about then we've done it. And then we've got a, the new segment, the workout of the month. Brought to you by extra, no, endurancecorner.com. <laughs> With these XX. Uh, and then we've got a couple of questions and answers at the end. Uh, first of all, news, probably brought to you by xtry.com. Check out xtry for the latest news, reviews, and interviews with the stars. So, first of all, we had one race on over the weekend, and it was a biggie challenge, Wanaka. And I've been predicting for the last couple of years that the potential for a windy day down there is reasonably high. And it happened, didn't it? It did happen. So I, I haven't heard much about the actual event. I was kind of keeping track on the day on the website, just kind of seeing what was happening. And I had a few friends racing as well, so I was just seeing how they were going. But The swim was apparently... T- I mean, the swim down there always seems to be a little bit slower. You know, like at Ironman New Zealand, say you're a... F- 50 minutes swimmer, you seem to do 52 down there or something, yep. so it seems to often be you know, two to three minutes slower. But one of the issues they had with the swim, I, I assume it was with the half, I got a report in from Brett Whiteley, who is uh, yep. a local Athlinks member. Did he race? Show. He did the half, yep. and I think the half starts a little bit after the full. Yeah, I think it starts at nine. And he said um, it was very choppy when they started, and a lot of people pulled out before the race. Oh, um, really? But Brett is... Brett's a weak swimmer. And sorry, yeah. Brett. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's new oh, to swimming, yeah, yeah, no, but no. he just got stuck in. He said uh, he said it was tough. Hey, don't um, be sorry. He's, he showed character. Yeah, yeah. He, but he got through it. And he said people were stopping all over the show, and he was just like banging into them because oh, they really? were stopping swimming. And uh, and then somebody said just effing swim really he's got angry <laughs> yeah so um, it sounded like the swim was was very very tough and and choppy. Um, get out on the bike. And you sort of do a couple little bit, bit of a loop and, and stuff in the hills, but the main part is you do a drag out and around a lake, which is, I don't know, 70 k long or something yeah, like that, yeah. probably. And going out, apparently the guys were just spinning out, going 60 to 70 k an hour on the flat. Oh, really? And then coming back, no joke, they were going 15 k an hour or less. And it's very much head and tail. It's not like Kona where you sort of maybe get a bit more swirling yeah. stuff. 
it's basically you're riding say 30 k's with a tailwind you're turning around and you're running 30 k's straight oh. ahead so you're basically doing an hour say an hour and a half maybe 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 two hours and that's pretty early on in the ride isn't it you no, know it's not now it's 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 quite late in the ride which oh, probably makes it even tougher okay because you go out to triple cone first now oh, okay. and then you go out there yep so very apparently very 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 windy and uh and you mentioned that the, there may have been changes to the run this year as well yeah it sounded like there was a little out and back and, and brett was saying he did the race last year and there's a little section where you sort of just go up a subdivision or something and that they changed that and it seemed longer than before and the run times did seem slow but you do also get badly affected on that run by the the wind because you go up onto a ridge line and yep. um, and it's very very windy up there as well. So very slow day at the office. Um, yeah, well the winner Jimmy White came in in nine oh three, which is you know like last few years we're going to be closer to eight forty, isn't it? Yeah, I've been in the eight forties. Um, I know the first year wasn't quick. I think the first year was about eight fifty ish, but then yep. they did get it down to yeah I think low eight forties. Because when I looked at it. I was throwing it, whoa, those are phenomenal times, because I, I thought it was eight. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, back it up to nine. Yeah. So Jamie White, it was not her, I thought initially it was his Ironman debut, but apparently he did Canada last year, but got um, all sorts of mechanicals and only finished 12th there. Yeah. He's, a, he's, a, he's a Kiwi um, athlete who's been doing pretty well on the 70.3 circuit and been doing that for a couple of years. Yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen his name pop up, and he is actually on the cover, I think, of the current magazine over here so he's what you'd say is he's a good toiler he's good at the, at the half Ironman distance um, but I wouldn't have picked him to win um, yeah. but good on him he led from start to finish and and took it out so great payday for, for an up and coming athlete yep. and um, close race for second Courtney Ogden and Bevan McKinnon only what 12 seconds between them and Courtney Ogden caught Bevan McKinnon I think fairly late in the run and just must have just been able to just pull away um, but I would you know that's the thing we, you know you might be looking at this going hey it's it's a really soft win, but Courtney Ogden, he won Ironman Western Australia um, you know, about a month and a half ago, and he's a good, consistent athlete, so you know, you've got to give Jamie White some credit there, and Bevan McKinnon, he's, he's been um, around, but I think he might be helping um, Kieran Doe out with a bit of sort of uh, management sort of stuff. Yep. And then Jimmy, he is, because he was emailing us. Yeah. yeah. And then Jimmy Johnson, again, he's one of those sort of second-tier guys, sort of toils away, and you often see him in around that sort of fourth, fifth, fourth fifth place, and and then Josh Ricks in third. So, and the old glove man only managed um, sixth. sixth. John, uh, age group of the week. Age, age group of the week. Good old uh, Brendan Hart. So, Brendan Hart uh, is a local athlete in Christchurch, and this is his first ever Ironman. And uh, a friend of mine, Sue, who comes to my classes at the gym, she knows him really well, and she was coming up to me and just saying, they went out for coffee maybe the week beforehand or sometime around that, and he was saying, I, th- I think I'm going to win my age group. <laughs> you know what I mean? And not win the age group overall. We just said, oh, I think I'm going to win my age group. I'm feeling really good. And they were all like, oh, you're just a bit cocky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But he pulled off a blinder. He came in, uh, what did he come in? 9.31. Eighth overall, and there was his first ever Ironman. Now, he's got a cycling history, but he's well, still wearing... No, he's, he's got a... He used to be one of New Zealand's top pro cyclists. Oh, did he? Yes. So he was a great cyclist in his time, but he still ran, I think, a 3.16. Well, that's the thing. You look at his splits, and I was more impressed with his swim and his run. I think he swam a 106 or something like that, yeah. um, and, and had, as you said, a very good run split. And, and, and you his know, bike was not super special when you consider that he's he's been had an amazing background. So, yeah, that was very, very impressive. I mean, he beat Axel um, by four minutes, and Axel's been sort of 8.53 or something at Ironman. So... Yeah. Um, you know, if you called a 9.31 there, if that was, say, a Taupo-type course, you'd probably be looking at maybe 9.10, 9.15, something yep. like that. Um, so, 
Yeah, very, very good day at the office for him. You are our age, age group of the week. week. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> Lots nice. of local names coming through. We've got lots of people who we know who have raced. So if you had a race on the weekend, hopefully you had a great race and uh, it was pretty awesome. Let's have a look at the girls. The girls' side of things, it was interesting because um, Belinda Harper was leading on the bike and she had about a five-minute lead over Belinda Granger and then crashed somehow on the bike. And, so, um, and that wrote her off? No, she kept going. But she, where she finished? She came in like uh, seventh, I think. Seventh or something like fifth, fifth pro, yeah, six, like seventh. And the time of eleven twenty-three. So that that would have been really interesting to see what would have happened, um, because she had a good lead over Belinda Granger. Belinda Granger, is a, as we know, is a great athlete, but running is not her strength. Um, yep. She would have had a good steady run, but I'm not quite sure what Belinda Harper's running is like. So that's a real shame because that would have been a real good head-to-head battle. Because um, as it turned out, it was um, relatively straightforward day for Belinda Granger for the win, but yeah, yeah hear Belinda Granger saying after the race it's the hardest Ironman she's ever done but yeah. I've heard that's been said before you know you go people people do China and they say yeah. that's the hardest and it's a windy year in Kona so um, it was obviously you know, if, if somebody with her experience well, I was just in 43 races I was reading it's ridiculous yeah it is um, ridiculous <laughs> you're a nutter Belinda it's whether it's her hardest race or not ever if she's saying it's, it's that hard it's it's yeah. it's got to be pretty tough yeah so yeah Belinda Granger took it out in 10.26 and you know, Gina down there has been what Nine twenty-five, yeah, something like yeah. that. So it's a slow day, isn't it's, it? It's a slow day. Um, who knows? She may have just been pacing herself through it and just thinking, "I'm just here for the payday. I just got to do what it takes to, to win this thing." Um, and, and you know what? Well, we can't really judge that, but that's I, what I would have been doing. Yeah, I totally, and, and I totally think she probably did. Yeah. You know, you know, it was if you got the win, you don't need to kind of go too crazy. Eh? Totally. Yeah. Um, and so good, good, good on her. And Simone Mayer, who's apparently a Kiwi, never heard of her before. Sorry, Simone, if you're a listener. Um, but outstanding to get second. Yeah. Um, Christy Sim, pretty sure she's an Aussie girl. She often does sort of finish in that sort of top five. So she obviously was a late entrant and just thought, sweet, I'm going to um, go over there and get some money. And she did. And then Joe Carrot, who's been training in Christchurch, been on Epic Camp lots, was um, in fourth place. So... Good to see. And who was our first age gripper? Tasman Hayes. Tasman Cat Lester was second age gripper. She's from Christchurch. So we're trying to find the half. I know David Pugh won. Yes, David did. So if you go Lake half, Monica half. Individual. Apparently it wasn't quite so bad on the half because you don't have that big stretch out on the bike where you go around Lake, um, Lake Dunstan. So yep. whilst it was still very, very difficult, just go then um, search. Uh, it was not quite as bad as the guys that did the full. Okay, well, we'll go guys first. So I know David took it out in the men uh, two years in a row now, isn't it? Now, surely that's not Robin Reed, the cyclist, getting second. I don't think it would be. No. Because he was still racing at nationals. Yes. So I doubt it. And Scott McNabb, uh, Scott McNabb is uh, he's a Christchurch fellow who helps me out with, um, he comes along, very willing helper of um, racer dude, comes out in marshals and things like that. And he's oh. a listener to the show, I'm sure of it. Good on so you, Scott. Scott. Nice work. You got third, you beat me, I got fourth last year. Yeah. Excellent. Um, and the girls? It's good to see people putting back and then having good races. Well yeah. done. Britta Martin, she's raced um, sort of pro. I think she raced pro the full distance last year. She's oh, a nice. German girl who lives up in Nelson, I think. And Bridget Fry. And then Joanna Williams in third. So a pretty tough day at the office and good old challenge Monica. Okay, and what else? A bit of other feedback from there. Um, some people were saying that they, they challenged, listened to a few little not complaints but things they could have improved on last year they did that a couple of other people said there's still a couple of things they need to work on um, 
somebody saying they didn't maybe have enough catches at the finish, how people are collapsed at oh, the finish. Okay, yep. And then the other thing they do, that, and this is a challenge thing they do, is they don't really have the, the, the cut-off at midnight. They say yeah. let people come in. And it's like, well, you either, have this, you either have the cut-off rule or you just say you just you just keep going. It's kind of like, well, does midnight mean anything at challenge races? And I don't have a problem either way, but why, do, why say you have got a cut-off when you're not really going to stick to it? Do they, oh, so you're saying, because the Garth Barefoot always does it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. And he always comes in like 20 minutes late. Mm. And it's, well, it's a hard one, isn't it? it that's a tough one. It is, but, but yeah, it's just saying if you've got a rule, stick to it, or if not, so yeah. then we know. Yeah, yeah. So challenge one I could done for another year sounded pretty successful, but pretty uh, pretty tough day at the office. Okay, well, there's a new sponsorship guy for WTC, a guy called now. Where is the article? I'm going to pull it up. A guy called Get the Ultimate Fighter. Ultimate, what's it called? Cage fighting. Yeah, UFC, John. UFC, Ultimate Fighter Corporation, maybe. <laughs> Michael Pine, and uh, and he was the marketing dude for UFC. And uh, who have really become a mainstream sport in a very short period of time? Incredible, considering it's a yeah. brutal sport. Yeah, yeah, but well, but it's massive. Yeah, you know, ten years ago, who, who you know, cage fighting was some kind of Neanderthal. Now it's kind of like these guys, Brock Reznor, and these guys are superstars. Okay, yeah, see, you love it, eh? Yeah, you watch it every week, don't every you? Year. Yeah, I always feel sorry. You're a bit scared sitting next to you because you're, you're <laughs> such an ultimate fighter. But um, so WTC have employed a guy called Michael Pine. Now, who's in the story? Because there's a guy who actually wrote I think it. Was Dan, Danny, Danny, Danny Ward. Ward yeah, he wrote the article, and uh, and uh, he was he was quite instrumental in taking w, uh, UFC to the next level. And uh, they got some really good sponsors like Bud Light and Harley <laughs> Davidson and stuff. And he's he's kind of saying how he wants to bring more of the triathlon story into the mainstream media, maybe doing like an amazing race type um, TV program and maybe even having video games and stuff like that. It was interesting, he was talking about why not getting the beer industry behind what we're doing, saying, you know, athletes aren't always, you know, totally health conscious and that we don't mm. mind a bit of a beer and stuff, which is, you know, true. Um, so it'll be interesting to see his influence. They're definitely trying to chase that next level, aren't they? Oh, I think it's a great move because I think they're, they're lagging the chain. Well, I personally think they're lagging the chain. They, they should be able to get a Big, they, just, they just need somebody to smack a huge amount of money in there and it'll, then it'll get all the big coverage. If they put a million dollars on the line, we've heard lots of people talk about it, and this could be the way to do it. I think that's, there's two angles you can go at. You've got to go the mass marketing angle, yep. and then you've also got to try to get some, you know, get, get a story behind the elites going for some, some serious money, and, and that'll bring in the audiences, man. And, and Well, they're in that place where uh, they, we, it's this real catch-22 moment as a business. One thing, we don't know their, their books, so we don't know how much they're worth, but... You know, to get to that next level of multimedia, you know, exposure can cost you a huge amount of money. Mm. But if you can get there, then you're going to make a lot of money. And so mm. it's kind of like, you know, that's the risk you need to take as a business. And you know, we know it's a pretty successful formula as a, as a sport mm. and as a as an appeal to athletes. Uh, now it's kind of packaging in a way where the mainstream public can actually get involved in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, which I think in some ways we could have issues with. I. I Maybe I'll talk about it when we talk about Kona coverage. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, good to see the. I think it's a good move. Yeah, totally. And uh, let's get some more tri people doing triathletes. John is good, isn't it? That's right. That's all we're trying to do, isn't it's, it? We're trying to spread the love. Belgian pro team. John, tell me about it. So, I watched the video. Yes, uh, uh, it's a second year team, I think. So it's called the U U Place Belgian Pro Team, and it's a pretty strong thing. So we get, we're just seeing the reason I thought I'd bring it up. We're just seeing more and more teams coming out. And this is a strong team. It's got Rudka Beeky, um, which we we all know of. He's had uh, was either a second or third in Kona. Tina Dickers, who's won races. Bart Jammer, who's won um, Ironman races. Axel Zeebrook, he's a former short course guy, and I think he could be one of the the breakthrough athletes in the next year or two. Um, Bart Arnott, I think he might be the world 
duathlon champ, Sophie Goss is one Ironmans, and then another guy that I'm not quite sure of, Bruno Clerbeau. Um But yeah, just another team that's coming up, and that's pretty much all the top Belgians, I think, except maybe Marino Vat and Honecker, uh, and maybe one, maybe one other. Um, Which is quite a good strategy, isn't it? Because then they can work as one to get themselves into mainstream media. And that's the thing. I think that whilst we're seeing these pro teams coming up, I think there's scope for little age group teams to, to form. If you've got, you know three or four guys in your area who are, who are good and you're often dominating the races and stuff, there's no reason why you couldn't actually go out and do something similar. And you like actually, a package that you yeah. go to local businesses. And, and you can, you can, you know, and it's going to look a lot more attractive from from a sponsor's point of view if they've got the first three guys coming across the line as opposed to just the, the first guy. So I think this, um, I think we're going to see more and more of this. We've got how many teams now? There's like the guys who do the, the trick, there's the... Quite just banks. interested to see it when it gets to the point where it influences racing in Ironman mm. you know what I mean like at this moment it doesn't really influence a lot because right. it is, seems to be that teams really are just more a sponsor package mm-hmm. and they're not really necessarily working for the team it's more just working for yourself still but in the long term you know who knows maybe we'll have you know you'll get developed guys that are really just there to bike like crazy to pull some guy up well, and to set the pace, I, th- I totally think it's an option. I mean, guys at Kona have have, um, have said they, they need, you know, to, to perhaps break that eight-hour day one day, they need a couple of guys sitting up there just smacking it on the bike, pulling the group along at a really good pace, and that's when the potential might happen. And that's what happened the year when they had the amazing race in Roten, like, first yeah. three guys went They'll 750 or something like that, as they just drilled it all on the bike and then all had good runs. Uh, so... Yeah, I, I agree. Could 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 happen. Okay, then we got an email through from good old Rob, the Red Zebra at the Red Zebra maybe, mm-hmm. uh, and he was just saying he's going to be doing Ironman seventy point three, I should say, in yeah. South Africa. It is Ironman seventy point three. So yeah, you, put, you pulled yeah, that. I did it well, and uh, and he was just saying he hopes we give it a bit of a bit of a talk about. And to be honest, when it comes to seventy three point threes. Uh, we, we kind of just depends on what's happening that week, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a good good little field there. Actually, you got Rayan Tissink, James Kanana, so the two South Africans going head to head. You got the Storm Boys. You've got uh, Marcus Farquhar, uh, Richie Cunningham, Sven Svanberg. So it's a pretty good um, seventy point three guys. A lot of guys Blake. are going out there these days to to train as an off season thing. Tip in the past, they might have come to New Zealand or Australia, but South Africa is becoming a real Real hot spots. So, and then on the girls' side of things, uh, Lucy Zelenikova, Marie Rabby, I think might have won. I think Jody Swallow spanked them all. Um, Alison Fitch. Um, so yeah, good good bunch of um, athletes racing. Tina Dickers, who we just mentioned there. So, yeah, all the athletes racing as well, John. Good luck to everybody racing. When, when's the Ironman? Ironman South Africa. Yeah. It's uh, in April. It's I got confused because I kind of had his email come through. I thought, well, it was Chrissy racing this weekend. And then I realised it was the 70.3. Okay, John. Well, last Friday night, decided to have a romantic night with Joe. I've done the same with Belinda. We were in probably the Friday before. Oh, look at that. Hey, babe, let's have a romantic night together. Put on the Kona coverage. Yeah. So we actually watched some other thing on TV and then we, we put on the Kona coverage. We didn't start watching it until like 9.30, so it was a late night, late night at the office. Yeah. And, uh... And uh, so now we're going to talk about our thoughts of the coverage. I thought it was uh, it was perhaps a little bit better than I've seen in the, the previous years. They did have a, a, quite a strong a strong girl focused on the pros. Um, a couple of things that a couple of criticisms I've got is uh, 
it's still an entertainment show, and that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, you know, it's not a sports show. Um, but they, it'd be nice to see some more splits and stuff coming off the bike, like a leaderboard or something like that, so you can actually see exactly where our people are and maybe where some of the guys who maybe finished fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever, where whereabouts they're coming from, so you actually see a bit of a, a timetable. I think um, the girls' side of things, they always get a little bit shafted. It was very much just... Um, uh, Marinda Carfrey and Julie Dibbins the other girls really didn't get much of a look in um, yep. whereas the guys it did have a, a slightly bigger spread over the over the field and I've taken notes you've taken notes yeah, so John's trying to think thing, it was one other thing that I was thinking of I might, you might remember it when I bring up my notes okay you go because I've got go, quite a go, few points go for gold okay first of all a few interesting points first one was um, they did cover the Iron War this year and, and you know what? I always get sick of them covering the Iron War because it's like, come on, that's twenty years ago, and you know, let's let's talk about where our sport is at now. But this year was appropriate because, um, you know, the race was very similar to the Iron War, and so it was it was cool. And now we didn't go into the gods and all that kind of crap. It was just yeah. you know at this time in the race, so it was, it was kind of good. I thought that was really good. Uh, what was interesting was my flatmate Richard was watching all of us as well, mm. and and they, when they showed the Iron War guys, he goes, oh, they're not as fit as what they used to be. Oh, no, 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 those guys aren't as fit as what they are now. Right. But and I imagine he was just thinking it because the guys are so lean now. Yeah. yeah. Like if you looked at um, Mecca and Raylert, very skinny, 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 not an ounce of fat on their bodies. Yeah. And then if you looked at Alan and Scott, they yeah. kind of look more like regulars. Yeah, regular guys, didn't yeah. they? And and I actually said to him, I know they're actually going faster that day yeah. than what they did this day here and so yeah. I know courses change and all the rest of it but I thought that was really interesting um, overall I thought it was a, a, I think it's amazing I actually think I know you, you like the the way I see it is that it's, it's a marketing campaign really and, and what they're doing is they're kind of trying to show our sport but also get as many people hooked in as possible and they realise mm-hmm. that it's their one chance to get general public to kind of maybe think, wow, I could do that too. And, and, and I kind of see it as it's not really a sporting coverage thing. And as you say, it's entertaining. But it, it really is a piece of art. Like, it's really well put together, yeah. this, the way they shoot it and the coverage. And I think they do a really great job. So overall, I thought it was great. I agree with you about the Mecca comments. Uh, yeah, so that's the thing I was remembering. He, uh, he, he definitely pushed the He almost the took it a bit far, I reckon. Well, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> The thing is, he actually said that before the race, mm. so that would have been pre-recorded before the race. So he didn't actually know. So he, he, he was—it's the game he plays, isn't it? Mm. You know, and so he knows that he's putting it out there just to frustrate Crowy. Now mm. he didn't know he was going to win that race, so you know he's a confident guy. He was mm. obviously sure he had a chance, but you know you could tell at the end of it he was also giving a bit of a cheeky smile because he knew he was just kind of pushing buttons. So mm. you can read into it how you want, but it's kind of Mecca's game. I think the reason they don't show much of the pros is because our sport's a bit boring. You know, yeah. if you look at the girls' race, what what excitement was there? Totally. You know what I mean? And, like, if you look back over the years, you always say how you find, um, you know, the race coverage, but, you know, they show more of the stories in the race. And this year, the men's race was really exciting, and they mm. did a good job because there was actually an exciting race to show. Yeah. But most of the time, you know, if you look at the women's race, there just wasn't much to show. No. You know, Rennie got off the bike and dominated. And well, so. yeah, that's the thing. Well, it was, it was probably, it was quite interesting between second, third, fourth and stuff. But yeah. It was, it was always, it was... Granted, um, Miranda was always going to win when they came off the bike, or pretty much guarantee. And it's the same with Chrissy. It's like, who's going to get second or third? And, and they do things like, you know, they try to make out that Crowe was still in with a hope when he got off the bike. And, you know, like, I know you're going to read later on, we're going yeah, to read his yeah. comments, but, you know... Uh, it was, 15 minutes or whatever Yeah, it was. it was a long time off the bike. But, you know, for gain, for general population, not going to know that stuff. Um, it was just interesting looking at Joe's... Um, my, my partner Joe, you know, they, as someone who doesn't know Ironman, 
And she was just totally hooked on it. Like as a spectacle, she was just hooked on it. And and I tell you what, boys and girls, if you're single and you want to get a bit of you do a bit of Iron Man, yeah. Joe was rubbing my leg occasionally. Oh, you did that, didn't you, honey? I was like, yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but come here, come and get a little bit closer. Uh, uh, just the only criticism I really have is I didn't like the way they showed the girl with the broken foot. Oh, that was that was odd. Yeah, because uh, you know what? That's actually an unhealthy aspect of our sport. Mm-hmm. And so there's a girl who had a stress fracture, and she did um she, she did, did the did race. It a, did it in a moon boot. Yeah, she did it in a moon boot, and um, <clears throat> and you know what? I just didn't think that was needed. I think that's actually. I'm pretty sure her health profession would be telling her not to do the Ironman, and you know. Pretty what, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not. You know, I wasn't giving the advice, but I think that's actually one of the real bad things of our sport is that people do unhealthy things because mm. they're so focused on achieving this goal and I don't think that's something we should be promoting as a sport and especially in that coverage and a lot of people you know you might think wow that's really amazing but to me that was actually it's doing some potentially doing some long, it's, well, it's well, not sending a good message we're, we're, we're assuming day. but I think that could potentially be doing some serious long term damage but and, and I just one other thing I, thought, I just wondered is they seem to do more stories now like this year, like they used to do, like here's four stories, and they take yeah. you through the whole life story of the person. And, and whereas this time it seemed they had like eight stories or nine stories, but they were just briefer. Well, maybe they did that because the previous year, um, yeah. they had a few lined up, and pretty like three or four of them didn't finish. So yeah. maybe they thought, right, let's cover eight just in case they don't. And like they had the the, the same guy, the the guy who had all the heart. Yeah, and he still didn't finish. Still didn't finish yeah. So um, maybe that's why they did it. But yeah, I thought it was. Um, it was it was better coverage, but I guess that, as you said, it's because it was a better men's race. Yeah, and maybe it, if that hadn't happened, maybe it would have been. I do agree with you with the splits and stuff, but again, it's a spectacle, and so mm. general population who don't know anything about sport, well, what does a split mean? Mm. You know, so it's kind of you know, it's kind of interesting. Okay, uh, discussion of the week. Hot topic of the week on athlinks.com. Uh, last week it was uh, so we've been talking Kona. This is quite appropriate. Was who are the breakthroughs going to be this year, or people that haven't maybe been in the top five that are going to get in there this year, um, or guys that have been there before? They're going to make a, a storming way back. And oh, we got inundated with people. It's just, <laughs> the sport's obviously alive and kicking um, big time. Andrew Brunson just got Lance. Mm, Lance is talking it up, man. He's talking about big time. Is he really? Uh, Talking up as he could be competitive. Yeah, really? I'm not so sure, but we'll, we'll wait and see. But he's not an idiot. No, but you know what I mean. Like he's not. He's not. He's not stupid. He's not going to go. I'm going to win this thing. And unless deep down he, you know, like he, he surely he wouldn't just say. He, I think he rates himself as going top ten. Very confident. Yeah, I think that's realistic, isn't it? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Oh, what like how much? Like how he'd be a fast, the fastest guy out there on the bike, wouldn't he? Well, yes, but maybe when he starts bringing his running and his um, his swimming. Perhaps not. You know, we've had some very good cyclists coming, and they haven't been putting it, haven't put in the best um, TT splits um, and Conus. So, yeah, I think yeah, I think it'd be competitive. But my, Chrissy, my, it's my Chrissy's pre- mission to make sure she smacks him. Yeah, that's the race, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, Doctor Doctor Tams. Nice. Is there a doctor in the house? Now she has got. Uh, she's trained alongside and worked alongside the team TV. She's a little bit biased here, but she says Cat Morrison. She was sick this year, and she was sick the year before as well. Yeah, and sunburnt. And sunburnt. Uh, and she's also mentioned um, Amy Marsh, who's also on Team TV, unsurprisingly. And the wild card is Jodie Swallow. Um, when Brett gives her the go ahead to race Ironman, now. I'd be surprised if she races this year because she'll. I would have thought she'll be going for London 2012. So I'd be surprised if she races, but um, maybe she will. James Robinson. Oh, she also said James Kanana, as um, Brett alluded to in our interview, um, could be one to watch out for. 
least in the top five. Dave Robinson mm. thinks of Michael Ray Alert, it's a no brainer pick, but also Jordan Rep could maybe make him come back and doing well. Yeah, I don't know if, he'll, um, if he's ever really gone very well in Kona or not. I think he's one of those guys um, potentially that uh, you know he's going to go out and win plenty more Ironman races, but like maybe someone like Chris McDonald. Yep. Um, but whether he can make that transition at Kona to being top five, I think he's, I think he's a little way off that yet. Um, I haven't really done. I did miss a couple of P's yesterday, but I've forgotten them now. I think uh, perhaps Terenzo. It's about time that he stepped up to top five. He, yep. has, he hasn't been there yet, and he's he's had one eleventh. Was he eleventh this year? Or was he tenth last it, year? It, the year we were there, I think he got eleventh. Oh, I was eleventh. I don't know where he got the yeah. Did he bomb out last year? I can't remember. But I think it's. I think he's about ready, probably to to really step, step up, up and do it. Kind of depends if he. I think if he does the Ironman New Zealand, if he tries to do that racing every bloody week like he did this year, and then go and do Germany, and then do it, I can't see it happening. But if he has a maybe a smarter race plan for the year, I think um, he's potentially potentially one. And then I think you've really got to go and look out at the the Olympic distance guys and the seventy point three guys who are going to be who, who might step up. And Michael Raylert's definitely one. Um, but whether he steps up this year or not, um, we are really at the changing tr- of a guard period, aren't we? Like I know you know you know Mecca and and Crow and that you know they're still racing and still going well. But in the next three or four years, there is going to be that transition. You know where the guys we've been talking about for the last five six years are really going to be moving on. And we're going to see some, you know, the younger generation come through. Well, I think we'll see what happened after Beijing. You saw um, Dirk Bockel come in. You saw Rasmus Henning come in, yep. and you've seen one or two others. I think then the same thing will happen after after Beijing. We'll see you know, a number of guys transfer across. And I think for guys that are going to be potential Kona winners, um, that's where I think you got to you, you look at your next sort of batch. It's it takes so long for the guys. Um, to, to build up who maybe haven't got that short course background to actually break through and get in there. You know, if you look at the guys that are doing very, very well now, um, they all come from short course background. Maka, um, Raylert, um, Crowey, who else who finished third this year? Marino, he's probably the one exception. He, he, he had a he, great race, didn't he? He was short course duathlon, um, was his background before he came into it. So I think those are the guys you've got to look at. For guys that build into the sport and become very, very good, people like Gordo, people like Chris McDonald, people like perhaps Justin Deere, who we talked to on the show today, for them to get to that next level, next level um, is very, very difficult. Um, so there's a couple of my picks. On the girls' side of things, if, if Jody Swallow does make the transition, um, then she should could be quite be dangerous. if Dibbins comes back. <laughs> yes. Yes, it will be. Yeah, it will be interesting. She didn't look like she enjoyed a lot on the kind of, co- no, on the kind of coverage no, on the but, run. Yeah, the run would always but be But she could tough. be a definitely potential. I mean, um, yeah, but I suppose she's already there, so it probably wouldn't be so much of a breakthrough. Okay, well, Dr. Sean the porno Barnes sent through in this week's discussion, and, and we sent through an article... Um, in the New Zealand Herald on their website about a US woman named what was his name can we see her name here John Fran Crippen Fran Crippen now Fran Crippen sadly died in an open water swim race in United Emirates oh maybe the was. emails was sent by Fran Crippen no no yeah you're right you so. know because he was the guy who died yep. and um, which is obviously pretty horrible but he'd sent an email to the US Swimming Association saying you know I'm really worried about the fact you guys aren't sending coaches when we're doing these races around the world because open water swimming you know is, is such a dangerous sport and I don't know if I always trust you know the organisers and stuff like that and uh, sadly two, two or three weeks after he sent that email he died in a race and um, the, the question uh, this article kind of on two angles you know is FINA doing enough to make sure the race conditions are safe for athletes um, and then should the governing bodies be sending coaches along with athletes as well so what was the angle you wanted to go with? Well more more so for, for triathlon do you 
feel safe out there when you're racing do, and, and basically along the same lines as this instead of maybe looking at a defender angle thinking are WTC and other race organisers doing enough in the swim bike run to make sure that you feel safe in the race and, and to be honest like we're probably not the best people to answer this question because like if you look at you and I you're like I was a beginner swimmer like I'd never swim 100 metres before I did <coughs> bloody Ironman but you know I was a fit guy and I picked up swimming you know good enough to you know my first race I think I did an hour three so it wasn't terrible but <coughs> I'd love to hear from the person who struggles, mm. you know, and which is a lot of listeners. A lot of people, the swim is the thing that, they, you know, <clears throat> if anything, it should be the easiest part of the day, but mentally mm. they find the hardest part of the day. So if you're one of those people who, you know, maybe a little bit slower or hates the intensity of the pack or, you know, what do you feel in a race around the safety that's provided for you in the race? Because nice. for you, you would never, you never stress about a swim, have you? No. Have you ever? Mm, like no. conditions wise yeah the only time that I remember being stressed in a race was when <clears throat> we did an aquathon and there was it was around Sumner um, and there was some serious surf rolling in and swimming in from the buoy just getting tumble rolled by waves and stuff and yeah. I was stressing it at the time but um yeah, you couldn't, right. couldn't have made any safer. I would have been really pissed if they'd cancelled it or anything. Yeah, so but that's a hard one as well because okay, so you're like in that situation, like you're a mean swimmer, mm-hmm. you know, and you're stressing. Mm-hmm. Imagine the guy who's you know first time he's ever gone down the sea in his first ever race. Yeah, you'd be crapping your undies, wouldn't you? You would be crapping. Yeah, them. okay, we'll crap, put crapping your wetsuit, Bevan. Crapping your wetsuit. Let's not go there. So if you wanted to uh, comment on that, we'll put a link up there on imtalk.me, and you can have your point. Put across. I think we're going to have to um, skip a couple of sections this week. We're already just about up to an hour with our interview. Sponsor. Coffeesofhawaii.com. Oh, John. So I was on there thinking, Bevan. You're on there thinking. I was on there thinking. Um, oh, if you're that's not, if you're a not, good idea. If you're not quite sure what sort of coffee somebody might like, they've got gift cards. And, and what he's got here, which I think is even better, is business gifts. Yes. So you can basically get... They've got the coffee tins um, that you can get... And you can get your sort of logo or something like that put on it. You can choose what to go in there. And you get special pricing if you, you order plenty. You know, if you order t- 1 to 10 sets, they're 33.95 each. Um, if you, you order 10 to 20, they're 30. And if you order 20 to 50, they're 28. And if you order 50 plus, they're 26. Um, I think this is a great idea because you know what? Like when it comes to gifts, and this is what my, you know, my present given with my dad and stuff is that you know, like when you get the work gift and you end up getting like a pen with a logo or something mm. on it, you know, like you get, often you get these gifts that are just kind of pointless or calculated yeah. with a business logo and, and it's kind of all a little bit pointless, are you right? I'm just checking the time because we've got another interview coming up. Oh, have we? Yeah. Are we doing that, are we? Yeah. What time? Uh, I think it's 8.15. Okay, well, we'll, we'll be finished by then. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, you get these crappy little gifts that you end up just putting straight in the bin, but if you actually own a business and you're going to do the gifting thing, a good coffee package is a great thing yeah. to do because people are going to use it. I don't want any more calendars, Bevan. No. <laughs> I do Ca- not want any more calendars. Calendars are so last century anyway, aren't they? You <laughs> it's know? just like, that's a waste of paper, waste of postage, waste of your time. Rubbish. Someone said to me the other day, do you want a calendar? I said no. Yeah. And they go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's good branding to have your brand in front of people, but... But I think the thing is as well is that this is, hey, here we go, I'm going to next level crap here, John. Yeah, next level, take it. Take it. Oh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> The next level, John, is... Te- because, technicals there. Technicals. Oh, yeah, technical problems. <laughs> the next level is that they're having an emotional experience around the gifts you gave them. Yeah. Because, you know, when you sit down and you have a cup of coffee, it's, it's that association with relaxation. They go, oh, that business makes me relax. 
So they'll buy from your business. There you go. So next level. Tell you. Next you level. said in your marketing proposals, Albert, when you're sending these out. There you go. See. Quoted by Bevan. Quoted by Bevan James Owens. <laughs> make, make sure you put that in there. So if you are, if you've got a business or you're looking for some gift sets, check out Coffees of Hawaii. Go to their buy online page. They've got business gift program and you can find out all the information there. And again, we guarantee it's amazing coffee because you guys have told us. So coffeesofhawaii.com, John. There you go. There you go. Okay. Do you want to wait for the interview now? Uh, oh no, we can do a high five. Let's I'll just, put music on. Let's just check what time it is for the interview. Oh, do you not know? I think it's safe. Okay, 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 here we go. F5, okay, here we go. One, two, three, four, high five! Do my karate chop. You love it when I bring the segment in, don't you? Oh, I just get to let my head do it. I'm like I'm an animal from the Muppets. It's, it's, a, it's a good one. Who's your favourite Muppet character? Um, I like the Meek Meek or whatever his name is. Okay, but are you being the Swedish Swedish chef? The chef. Yeah. The Swedish chef, and I think it was his sidekick, maybe. Yep. As well, those two, they were pretty cool. Because you're not doing Becca. Me, 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 me. Because you're kind of of a cross between the two. Yeah, maybe. I like the chef anyway. Yeah, the chef was pretty good. I never understood the American Eagle. I can't quite remember the American Eagle. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Who was your favourite? Oh, there's so many. Miss Piggy? Yeah, she was always pretty... I like the way she was quite aggressive. Mm. She was always quite aggressive. Rainbow <laughs> Connection is a great song. Oh, so yeah. I once went to a bar song. when I was younger. The, what was it? Yeah. The Oh, I can't even remember. But the last song was always Rainbow Connection. Good, so you knew, you, you knew you had to try to find the patch then, I tell you. Yeah. Okay, high five. So Mark Yale sent through this week's high five. And excuses on why a race went badly, John. I thought this was quite... And we've all used a few of these over the years, haven't yeah. we? You want to go number one? The course was long. I often find that <laughs> when I've been talking about my five k's, and course was long. It wasn't quite right. On the on the, on the cross side of that is when it's short. Oh, I had a great day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never even mention it was short. It was a great, amazing race. <laughs> number two. Oh, it was only a training race. Exactly. <laughs> no such thing. Number three. Got kicked in the face and swim. And I'm going to add that. Oh, my goggles filled up. My goggles came off. Forgot to. That was my Kona. Yeah. My Kona. Yeah. yeah. An out ten. An out ten. Oh, number four. Didn't taper long enough. Mm. <laughs> That's your own stupidity, but isn't it? Exactly. Number five, underlying illness that flared up. Nice. Heard about nice. that one lots before. Everyone gets sick the week of the race, eh? Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling really sick. And lastly, number six, because that's how we roll. Uh, number six, always use fatigue instead of tired as it sounds more professional. Yes. Nice. Do you ever need to add to that, John? That was a good... Uh, I actually thought I was going to need to add, but I think that was a good... Overview, good summary. Like uh, maybe well. technical problems. Technical problems. Yeah, oh, my bike, you know, I had gear problems. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the good old excuse. It was all going well until 30k on the run. Yeah. So I was, <laughs> so I was feeling so good to halfway on the run. I was going to win it until, yeah. <laughs> until the run. Yeah. Okay. You get your pacing right and you'll be right. Okay, let's put some more music on, then we'll get Justin Deere on. Sounds good. Here we go. Okay, so we've got a, a new segment coming up, and, and endurancecoral.com is uh, Gordo's kind of business slash blog slash place where you can kind of learn lots of information about triathlon. It's a really great website if you want to just get some in depth and really dig in and learn stuff. And uh, what they were doing is basically once a month, you guys give us a workout, and uh, we're going to get one of the guys, and they've got a big team of coaches that cover all different areas. Um, we're going to get a coach on to talk about that workout. And so this month, we got Richard Swan. 
Swanee. Yes. And I'm going to give Swan a bit of crap before we actually go on. We always right. give Swan a bit of crap, don't yeah, we? it's fun. He, <laughs> he gives and takes. He loves it. Because when he sent it through, I thought, oh, I'll check out his Facebook profile. And I thought it was Pauline Hanson. Yes. Remember her? Yes. So for those of you who don't know, she was an Australian politician who was a bit of a bigot. Bit of a redneck. <laughs> bit of a redneck. And uh, and I thought, he's got Pauline Hanson. So I gave him a bit of a hard time in his email. And he came back and went, no, it's not Pauline Hanson, you idiot. It's Madge. It's, it's, a, product, it's a, a character from Home and Away. Yeah. It was, I was Home and Away or yeah. so, No, no, sorry. it's Home and Away. And he's addicted Sorry, to Home and Away. I don't know my Aussie sucks. You don't know your Home and Away. And every every week he watches Home and Away. Right. He loves it. The Sunday, what, what do they call it? When the, the Omnibus. Maybe. The Omnibus. He yes. sits down on a Sunday morning, watches Home and Away for two and a half hours. Should be riding your bike. Should be running. You maybe beat John if you go out for that run. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he sent through a workout, uh, one about hill reps, and uh, Justin Deere, who uh, is a, an amazing Ironman triathlete, and we're going to talk about him in a minute. So uh, let's get the interview on it. Here we go. Righty ho, it's time for our inaugural workout of the month. Oh, here we go, John. It's an exciting time. It's, it's, it's been building, and we've got a man who, who, who's been down to Wanaka the last couple of years. We just told him he could have, could have possibly cherry-picked it last weekend, and um, he's just going to talk us uh, talk through us a bit of the about the workout and a little bit of um, information behind that, and also talk to us a bit about um, the Endurance Corners camps. So welcome along, Justin Deere. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Hey, um, before we get into the actual workout, I mean, um, a lot of listeners might be a bit interested in, in, in your sort of progression to the to the pro ranks because um, I know when you first started off, you were sort of about a you know twelve hour Ironman and, and worked yourself up to sort of getting around around the eight and a half hour marks. So maybe just fill us in on on how long that's taken and 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 what sort of what made the big differences for you as you were sort of going through that progression, perhaps up until you went pro. Well, initially. Um the first Ironman I ever did was in 2001, and I went 12:55. Wow. And the second one I did was two and a half years later, and I went 9:20. So, so that initial jump uh, was obviously really big, and then after that, things sort of slowed down, and it was sort of, you know, 8:57, kind of hung around the the nine hour mark for a few races, couldn't really break through, and then had a race where I went 8:40, and I've kind of been stuck around that area. I mean, I've gone in the high eight thirties and had a few good races where that time is good enough. So now I'm trying to kind of break through to that next level and, you know, maybe win a race with some time. Uh, but ultimately what made the biggest progression for me initially was getting out the door. Cause the 13 hour Ironman was sort of kind of a ground zero for me. Yeah. I hadn't really been doing much. And, uh, you know, Ironman was, a lot different 10 years ago you know it wasn't I mean it was big but not not like now yeah, yeah. so I kind of signed up a few months before a race and did it and then uh decided I wanted to be better at it so I spent a couple years in college riding my bike a whole lot and that helped make the initial jump for me I mean I trained a lot but I really loved riding my bike and I think most Ironman athletes that succeed have that common uh kind of common ground they they generally like to ride their bike quite a lot and then uh, in the on the getting sort of into the pro ranks, it's a bit different because you're not always racing for yourself. You're racing others, and and uh, I've I've learned certain things the hard way. And uh, you know, to try to put myself in a position to to win one of these races, you gotta take some chances on yourself. And and sometimes it doesn't really work out. So and sometimes it does. So uh, it definitely different from. Uh, as as things get faster, it gets a little bit more difficult to get that extra minute here and there. Mm. And what's your plan for this season? Well, 
so Ironman Texas just uh, just started this year, and I'm actually from that area. I grew up in Houston, and the Woodlands is uh, essentially a suburb to the on the north side, about thirty plus miles from downtown. So it's it's closest thing I'll ever have probably to a hometown race because you, there's no swim venue that you could use inside the city limits of Houston. You got to go to the outskirts. So that's about as good as it's going to get. Uh, so that's what I'm planning for the first half of the year um, with a half Ironman or two leading up to it. And then probably some other Ironman late in the year, but I'm trying to fill in a race each month of the year uh, going until start probably from March to November uh, just to get a little more racing experience under my belt and probably only a couple Ironmans instead of four. Nice. Oh, nice. Oh, well, we'll be following your progress uh, very keenly. So, um, yeah, the workout of the month. So the idea here is basically you guys have sent through and we kind of chose Richard Swanee's, good old Swans, uh, workout. And he's, John, do you want to talk through the workout? So the parameters we gave people were to give us your favourite strength-type workout of um, less than 90 minutes, perhaps more so for EG off, running. Yeah, EG running. Perhaps in the, in the off-season um, when you're maybe in a run-focused period. So good old Swanee. Um he sent through he said this is a workout he he really likes he does a 10 minute warm up he does um, six times a hill repeat the hill he uses is a hill in Wellington it's 1.25 k's long um, and he does these at a fairly fullish pace sort of 4.15 k pace we've got to remember Swanee's basically a three hour Ironman marathoner and he's uh but he doesn't quite have a time. Um, <laughs> he doesn't quite have a two thirty eight thirty marathon time. Um, but he's a very fast runner. Runs about one twelve or so for a. Um, no, it's quicker than that. I think he runs about seventy minutes or so for a half marathon. So he's a quick runner. He does the pace um, pretty solid, um, and just basically goes up and down the hill six times, pretty quick. Warm downs twenty minutes um, from the top of the final length of the run. Um, he thinks over time this can be increased. He says uh, up in Auckland there's another hill. Um, guys up there do eight to ten reps, and apparently um, where was it on there somewhere? There's somewhere about uh, Kieran Doe. Kieran Doe has got the record for doing uh, sixteen in one session, and uh, and basically lots of guys go up there and smoke it. So really the idea is hill reps here. He's been using a, a, a 1.25k length, so we're sort of going to talk through the, the pros and cons of doing hill reps, what you get out of them, and so on. So, Justin, um, I understand uh, Gordo sent you out the door and uh, and got you to go do this workout. What did you sort of think of the of the workout? Um, well, first of all, I think that hill running is probably one of the better things that you could do year round in terms of keeping yourself strong and fit. Uh, where the the types of workouts that you do and how you place them, I think, varies with the time of the year. I see a workout like this, and and I think that it it really brings your form on. Like it's 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 a session that you would be doing um, leading into a race, uh, maybe somewhere in that four to twelve weeks out from a race span. Yeah. Uh, because he he wrote down that he had a heart rate average of about one seventy for the climb. So yeah, uh, five minutes at one seventy. I don't really know where that ranks for him for me that would be roughly a good half Ironman effort so you're talking close to threshold type of effort Um, so I think it's it's definitely a good workout but it it might be a little taxing for the off if you're actually calling it an off-season workout yeah my down below he actually wrote that over time he does a long run doing more reps at a slightly lesser pace so that might actually be more appropriate in the off season in terms of running uh, a moderate pace uphill 
um, to create a greater load on your legs while you're running uphill, recruiting some of your fast twitch uh, muscle fibers and getting them ready for the harder training that comes as you're getting ready to some of your peak races. And, and so what's actually happening? What, what, you know, what's, what's sort of happening to us when we're doing the hill reps and why do we, why do, we do them? Well, I, I actually, um, when I read this, I contacted Alan Cousins, who's the EC physiologist, basically. Yep. And I, had a, I talked to him. I said, what is, what's literally going on when we run up these hills? And what he basically said, uh, to keep it really simple for me, because I'm mostly an athlete type of guy, yeah. um, but I understand what I feel, and he tries to explain scientifically what's going on. And he told me, uh, essentially, in order to recruit your, uh, your top-end fibers, as fast-twitch fibers, you actually need to increase the load that you're putting on your legs. So when you run uphill, your cadence slows down, and you're essentially... So if you go from a cadence of, say, 90 to 70 or 60 running uphill with good form, you're actually increasing the load on each leg. And by doing that, you're bringing in the top-end fibers. So if you were to do the same thing on the flat, uh, you'd have to actually increase your pace. But instead of increasing your pace, you increase the gradient in this case. So it can be a really nice transition from you've been running along easily, you want to transition into faster running, you start bringing in some hills so that you don't quite beat yourself up with the fast paces initially, but you allow yourself to recruit the fibers that are needed for the fast running so that when you do make that transition to the fast running on the flat, you've actually been training the fibers that are required to do it. And that's the thing. There's, there's so much. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know. I, I had a very quick look to see if there is actually much super scientific you know, studies and stuff on it. I couldn't find very much, but anecdotally, I, you know, People like Arthur Lydia just rave about um, hill running. I absolutely love it myself, and uh, right. just a it's just a great way of strengthening. But I think, that from my opinion, a lot of the guys when you do it, the key thing is is you've got to do it with really good form and and really promote good form. Um, so I think that's another key thing when you're doing hill workouts. I suppose one of the things we we need to be aware of when we're doing hill runs is is what kind of intensity should we be doing when we're doing reps like this, you know, so we can actually achieve what we desire. Yeah, I, I think that uh, you have a couple of different types of workouts that you could be doing. In terms of uh, if it was in the, the off-season and say you wanted to do a 90-minute run in the hills, I would just sort of consider it a bit of a fartlek type of session where you're focusing on your form rather than your effort going up the hills and just cruising along. Yeah. And then another type of session where you're actually trying to run at a good clip um, but keeping it more in the frame of sort of a one- to two-minute type of duration where you're not going to get so lactated up that you lose your form together. And I would allow enough recovery, you know, as much as needed, particularly um, early in the year uh, for you to maintain that same pace and effort. So what I like to do is to say you had, you know, 10 minutes of, of one minute uphill on the initial run, you have something in your hand like a rock or a sandbag or something like that. And you run up the hill at a good effort, but not all out, um, and then drop the the bag or the rock one minute up the hill, and that becomes your sort of your mark. And if you're not able to, to hit that over and over again, then you've probably been running a bit quick. Nice. Um, but that way you're not too concerned about the actual pace, but more your own pace and your ability to execute the workout evenly from beginning to end. Have you got to, and, and, and when as you get closer to races, like perhaps if we were, this was sort of angled a bit more at the the off season, but if you were in season and you were say maybe 
six weeks out from a race, do you do you personally like to do hill reps then, and do you prescribe them for athletes? Um, and if so, roughly what sort of a session would you give people then? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, for myself, uh, something that I've incorporated uh, before Ironman races, somewhere in the the kind of three to six weeks out range, is I use I use a hill in Boulder called Encar, and it's two k's long at eight percent. And it actually flattens in the last 200 meters. So, um, the cl- so the climb is, uh, it actually, I mean, when I'm running 430 Ks up the hill, it's pretty solid. Like it feels quite tough to average even that pace going up it. Yeah. And I'll do anywhere from three to five reps up that. Uh, and I'm getting a heart rate close to what um, the example that you gave. So sort of starting below and finishing above a 170 heart rate. So that would be something like a tempo run on the flat. Uh, the biggest thing that you got to watch out for is um, being able to have a nice surface to run downhill on. So the nice thing about this particular hill is it actually has an asphalt footing that I can run up, so I have good footing on the ups. And then on the down, there's dirt right next to it. And I basically, uh, because it's fairly steep, I don't force the downhill. I just take my time running down. It ends up being a bit quicker than the uphill, but... It's not as fast as I could be running uphill. So I like to see the same sort of thing with, with athletes as they're nearing, uh, nearing a race, being able to do some uphill running. And if they live in the flat, maybe have them do treadmill workouts. And one of the bonus of treadmill workouts is you don't need the full recovery uh, that it takes to get down a hill. So you could be doing 10, 12-minute hill reps but not having to run 10 minutes downhill. You can run two, three minutes downhill. Do you have a preferred gradient, you know, because, you know, a hill is a hill is a hill, you know, like how long's a piece of string. Uh, is there a kind of gradient that you think's best or does it just kind of take what you got? I think if you're doing something for pure power or something short, it can be a steeper hill. You could be doing, you know, I don't know how steep the hill was that Lydiard was doing, but they were doing kind of a leg bounding, leg springing type of uh, plyometric session. So I would imagine a slightly steeper hill would allow sort of a greater range of motion in, in, uh, in their calves and an extension of the legs in the back. But for straight running, it, I seem to see a lot of coaches suggesting somewhere in the range of 4 to 6%. And with the NCAR hill that I use at 8%, I would say that is kind of steep. It, it, uh, it, it probably is pushing on the limit of for continual good running. Yeah. It's pretty challenging, so probably I would think six percent is the sweet spot. You know, if we're thinking like you know you're a, you're an experienced, strong, you know, physical pro athlete, you know, you can ha- probably handle that next level. Whereas, you know, your typical age group out there is probably not going to be able to handle maintain their form for that long and eight percent. That's the key, I think, maintaining your form. Um, and I think another important point out here as well for athletes: if you if you're training for a flat race, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be doing hill reps. Um, it's just such a strength, good strength workout. You know, when you're coming off the bike and you're tired, um, these sort of workouts will, will really will kick in. And, and they just, like, go on again, they promote really good running forms. So um, any other, you mentioned a couple of do's and don'ts in there, but, but any other sort of things that you think perhaps the slightly less experienced athlete who maybe hasn't really um, tried out hill reps before? I mean, the first one that springs to mind for me is people just going and absolutely smashing themselves and feeling like they have to be, destroyed after any type of session that's supposed to be um has the word interval associated with it any other sort of things you think people need to be careful of yeah well i i think you bring up a good point of um sort of racing the intervals instead of trying to hold the same even effort on the intervals and that's that's why i like 
running an initial interval and sort of setting the distance that you're going to be able to run because I think it gives people a very clear idea of uh, when I'm doing the intervals over and over again, is this something that is sustainable uh, for the duration of the workout? And if it's not, then you'll know the next time that you better be <laughs> better back off in order to maintain the quality of the workout. Yeah. Um, and the other thing would be just allowing people to take their time. You know, I, I think with, with hill running initially, um, if you've been running easily on the flat or even kind of fast on the flat, this might be a taxing workout in the sense that you're starting to bring in those top end fibers like I was talking about. And if you haven't been training that up, it might be tiring in a way that you might think it wouldn't be sort of uh, doing like big gear work on the bike. You might not see a lot of watts, you might not see a high heart rate, but all of a sudden your legs are really tired. So initially when you're getting into it, I would say allow for that good recovery. If you need to take an extra minute or two before you start your next rep or break it up into, you know, three by one minute, five minutes off, three by one minute, that sort of idea, I think that's okay. Because what you're trying to do is you're building your strength up. You're not necessarily trying to make it specific to the race just yet. Yeah. I would just wonder, you know, what are some things that the runner can be saying to themselves to keep their awareness up when they're doing it? So they actually, you know, because as you're saying, a lot of people, when they just go out there, smack it, and they think that's the, the objective of the session. But really, if you know, smacking it's taking you away from your form and all those types of things. You're really not achieving what you're meant to be doing. So... Do you have any some um, some things that an athlete can say to themselves to keep themselves aware of the objective of hill running? Yeah, well, something that I've I've done for a long time is I basically count. Okay. So, in the sense of of uh, if I know how many footsteps it's going to take to run a certain distance, um, I mean, it may not work if you're running ten minutes uphill, but if you're doing some of the shorter stuff, the two minute rep type of of, of good fast strong running. Uh, I count 10 footsteps on each foot and switch back and forth. So if I know that it takes 150 steps to get to that point, it, it gives me something to focus on. Uh, and that in turn kind of gives me a better form. And I do the same thing on fast running on the flat as well. So if I have kind of a fartlek session of fast, fast, easy going back and forth, I'll actually count the footsteps that I'm using. And that seems to work really well to maintain the quality of the workout. If I take a Garmin and go download it, I can see that it's real even in terms of the running pace that I'm producing, yeah. and that's kind of the way that I, I pull it together. The tip I have is, um, is when you're actually running as well is to actually say the form things to yourself. So, you know, you know, chest up, hips up, you know, elbow drive. Say it out loud. Or even just <laughs> even in your mind. You know, like uh, one thing as a, as a fitness instructor is that what we do is we just say what you need to do in the most simple way possible, and you create massive change in people's bodies position when they're exercising if you do that and if you can learn to subconsciously do that when you're running like let's say you're doing your hill reps you know if you're actually saying the form things you should be focusing on you just keep that awareness up so you maintain that especially when you hit that fatigue factor so knee drive and cadence is my two things okay so yeah so like for john if he's saying knee drive and cadence you know you're going to be aware of doing that and so you know that's just a tip to think of as well um, so Justin you're obviously um, fairly heavily involved in the well, actually I've got one more question one before more we question. go there okay okay uh, what about the person who runs too much in the hills? You know, because I know for me, I was always a little bit guilty of that because I lived by the beautiful runs in the hills, and um, you know, it was kind of just easier to do the hills. They're more interesting, I always found. So, what about the person who's out there and just kind of blasting the hills all the time? Well, I think obviously the biggest risk factor is all the downhill running that you do, yep. right? So, all the eccentric load that you're going to put on your quadriceps will make you stronger, but it can also beat you down and 
you're going to put a lot of strain on your lower legs with all the, the downhill running. And ultimately, you'll put yourself at greater risk for injury. Um, but And then the other thing I would say, which is probably not as as big of an issue for people as something that could come into play, is just the ability to hold high velocity on the flat if you haven't been training that at all. Yeah. So, you know, for Ironman and such, it may not be as big of an issue because we're usually not limited by the velocity of our running. We're usually just slowing down. Yeah. Um, so being strong is important. But for people running 10K off the bike and, and um, even half marathons off the bike, you really want to be able to maintain a certain speed. And if you haven't been practicing the ability to hold a high tempo, a high percentage of your, your uh, max steady state running by doing that on the flat, it's going to be a hard transfer when you don't have those hills uh, coming off the bike if you're doing a flat run, particularly trying to hold a high pace. I agree. Um, so, as I was saying before, I mean, you're obviously involved heavily in the Endurance Corner camps. Um, maybe just tell us a bit about um, who you're sort of pitching at for, for those camps in terms of ability, you know, who's suitable, who's perhaps not suitable, and maybe just a little bit about what you actually do on the camps. Well, the camps themselves, um, we've been I've been in part of them since 2008. So the one that we're hosting in Tucson that's coming up in a little more than a month will be our fourth annual one, and that's been our longest-running camp. And basically, it sort of set the tone for a lot of what we do in the other areas now. And the way that we like to look at it is it's a triathlon camp, but it's cycling-emphasized. So the, the swim-and-run sessions are certainly offered, um, but they're not the bulk of what we do. And considering most people um, are limited by the amount of time they can spend on the bike, uh, so limited to the weekends and that sort of thing, or uh, limited by the weather uh, in North America right now or Northern Hemisphere. Um, they want to get away and be able to ride, you know, most days. So our camps tend to be fairly high volume in terms of cycling. Uh, the Tucson camp coming up basically has three long rides uh, north of five hours for some people and uh, two moderate rides in the two to three hour range and then one day off the bike. And we, we usually, I think in terms of your swim and run ability for the athletes that attend, it's not as relevant. Uh, you could be a very strong swimmer or not a very strong swimmer and you probably find yourself, uh, fine in that, in that range. I think the ability to handle a fairly high cycling load is what you want to ask yourself before coming to one of our camps. Um, ultimately the speed that you have, I mean, we have, we say 13 hour Ironman, but really we're. Or, or faster, but we're really just uh, looking for people that can handle uh, a fair amount of cycling at their speed. Because yeah. what I've seen is, is even though there's a range in the, the athlete's speed and how fast people are doing their rides, we tend to, to bring in athletes that obviously are trained to their fitness level quite well and handle uh, a high cycling load uh, regardless of the speed that they actually are. And um, so, uh, well, you yeah. go, no, you go ahead. I suppose the question is, who's going to who's going to get benefit from this? You know, like if I'm out there listening to the show right now, oh. uh, who who uh, who's going to get the benefit? Everyone, Bevan. Yeah, Everyone. But, but, you know, like, yeah, I I really think that it it uh, people benefit in a wide range. Ultimately, we get a lot of people that come in. Um, they're fast. They're 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 a couple years into the sport. You know, we really get a, a wide range and. Obviously, the training itself is really helpful in terms of having a supported, uh, having everything supported for you in terms of 
uh, your food, your lodging, you know, massage, uh, laundry, everything is sorted out so that you can just train, eat, sleep for, uh, for a week long. But I think the other thing that's really important is sort of the, uh, the group atmosphere that it creates. People end up learning a lot from one another because you're really getting a, 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 a field of athletes, the 25 athletes, six, seven coaches, that sort of thing that have all together you know, over a hundred years of experience in triathlon talking, uh, on their various points of views and what's going on. So I think the learning component coupled with the training is what, and what people end up taking away from the time that they spent in Tucson or the time they spent in Boulder, because they just, they have a lot of access to people with experience yeah. and that always ends up being something that they value, even if it may not have been something that they are initially coming for. They probably came for warm weather and cycling. It is really true. I know from the camps I've done, you know, it, it takes your training to the next level, but also the experience and the knowledge you're surrounded with, you know, you get so much more value for money than just, you know, going for a long ride by yourself. Exactly. Mm. Um, so any spaces left on the Tucson camp? Well, as of this morning, I believe we have four left. So the camp runs team. from, uh, yeah, the camp runs from February 26th to March 5th. So it's a Saturday to Saturday deal. Training's Monday to Friday. And, um, you know, we did, we did sell out last year, so I'm expecting the four spots to fill. I don't know if they'll fill sooner rather than later, but they'll probably be pretty close if not sold out. <laughs> and then, if the listeners are listening to where they go to, you know. Yeah, if you go to, if you go to endurancecorner.com, there's actually a tab that says connect with us. Okay. And under that tab, there's a, uh, a spot for the Endurance Corner Tucson uh, camp information. And there's a registration online registration link that's attached to that, and that'll take them to where they need to go for the actual sign up. Okay, and uh, if they need to uh, ask specific questions about the camp, or if they want to know more than what they read on there, they can just email me directly, which is Justin at endurancecorner.com. Very good, great. And lots of information up on endurancecorner.com as well. They've got, they've got the guys blogging up there as well. A lot, a lot of the coaches are blogging, so check it out. And, it's, a really, uh, it's a really good place to kind of learn lots of information about our sport, so check it out, endurancecorner.com. And thanks for your time, Justin. No, no doubt we'll have you back on the show. We're going to be doing this uh, monthly. I'm not sure who we've got lined up each month, but um, I'm sure you'll be back on at some stage. So thanks for your time, and good luck with uh, good luck with Texas later in the season. Thank you very much, guys. Bring it on, mate. Hey, thanks, mate. Sponsor Extreme Endurance. I thought I'd do a quick summary. John, John, you, 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 but your mess is wrong. Is it? Yeah, because he's done a he's done a quick summary. I thought oh, he's done his piece. You are you are good when it comes to your piece, John. I'll give you that much. But then last week we said on the show it's only thirty days. Well, do, you take four tablets a day, don't you? Day six. Six. Sorry, yeah. I was wrong. Yeah. It's okay. So basically, the deal with the extreme endurance, just to give people a quick summary, is 180 tab- tablets in a, in a bottle. Yep. So that lasts you 30 days. Exactly, John. Especially because uh, we even said on the show last week. <laughs> so it lasts you 30 days. But obviously, sometimes if you do the loading going into races, it takes a little bit more. Um, we don't really talk about the cost very much. So the, yep. co- the cost is $37.95 US for a bottle of 180 tablets. Or if you're in the EU, it's 38.99 euros. Um, if you get the recurring delivery, which basically means it comes every month, um, you get a discount, it's thirty four ninety five, and it just turns up every month, so you don't need to keep reordering. Uh, if you use the code IMTALK, um, you get hey, check, a, out. check out, you get a 20% discount. 
That's pretty good. Um, the shipping obviously varies depending on where you, where you live. If you're in anywhere in, in Europe or if you're anywhere in um, North America or the couple of other areas that they ship to, um, it's definitely very reasonable. Sandy sent me through an email, I'll talk about that next week, um, about the shipping down to New Zealand and Australia. Oh, great, because we've got a few emails about that coming yeah. through, don't we? And yeah. um, we'll talk about that next week. But the main, if, if you are looking at ordering in the next week, the deal is you basically go onto their website, you just pop them an email um, There's a with what you want. There's a phone number you can call up so you don't have to give your credit card number over, over email and then they'll tell you how much the shipping costs there. So it's still pretty, re- if, as long as you don't want it within a week. Yeah. It's pretty, I think it was like seven or eight bucks US or yep. something like that. Um, if you're going to order, if you're outside of the area, you might as well order a couple of bottles because yeah. um, otherwise yep. you've got to keep paying that every time. And that's pretty much a summary of Extreme Endurance. Nice, John. Good work on your summary then. Just work on your mess a little bit. Yes. But otherwise, it was great work. It's great work. So Extreme Endurance is the lactic buffer that helps the, to avoid lactic buildup or get rid of lactics. And uh, Go to xendurance.com. And the good thing is... What's bit, the good bit, thing, John? Well, no, the, the great thing about this service is a bit like Albert, you know, People think, yeah. oh, I'm going to email this company, I'm going to get some, you know, it's going to take me two weeks to get a reply. Um, somebody emailed me the other day just saying, oh, what's the deal with um, with shipping to us to Australia? Pop Sandy an email. Within half a day, he'd replied to the guy saying, exactly, these are the steps. So if you're in doubt and you're not quite sure, just pop them an email. The customer service seems to be very, very good. So xendurance.com, check it out. Check, 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 check it out. Um, questions and answers. Jeremy Hopwood was saying, John, you got it wrong. I got it wrong. I got it wrong. Even the arm's gone up, the hand's gone up. He's, he's taking responsibility for his errors in life. I, John Newsom, got it wrong last week. It's the first time ever, isn't it? First time ever. First time last time, ever. time ever. So we're saying Chrissy does qualify under the new point system because she's a past champion for the last five years. Because I was sort of saying, oh, she she won a race. Um, yeah. But she may need to accrue a few more points. Yeah, well, but she validated it because all she has to do is do a race because she's a past champion. I thought it was only three years but obviously he's probably done more peas than I have. So um, five years. If you do want to check out their uh, the rules, they've got a website, ironmanpromembership.com, and then they've got KPR, slash KPR, and uh, that will just have all the um, the rules. So if you want to check that out, you can check, check, check and it he's out. Also, um, so it was also saying, in the same scenario, uh, um, Miranda Carfrey, she's doing Ironman New Zealand. She won't have to do any other Ironmans because points don't matter. Same deal with Macca and... Uh, and obviously, Crowy Racing Ironman Australia. Um, well, so anyone who's won in the last five years. Yeah. So who won before Crowy? Um, Macca. Stadler. Oh, and Macca won. And, and then Stadler. So Stadler. Oh, so will he have to do it uh, this year? Depends. Probably not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, he'll still have to do one somewhere to, to validate it. And in the part, like last year here, he did wrote and did, did he finish? Maybe he finished. But Rose's so, on Ironman. He's on Ironman, so he'll, he'll have to do one somewhere. Mark Evans uh, sent me through an email, John. And he's questioning your manliness. Actually, that's one other point I should have brought up about Kona. Yes. I don't want to name names here because I don't want to pick on people. Pick on them. No, because I'm not like that. Okay. Because I don't like Paul Henry. Okay. And I'm not going to become Paul Henry okay. just to get the audience to, to feel good nice. by okay. picking on other people. My point was, John, you yeah. need to start using moisturiser because some of the some of the athletes who have been around for a while in the Kona coverage yeah. were looking pretty old and they'll probably only be early 50s, if that... And I was thinking, John, I'm glad I used moisturiser. A lot of time outside in the sun, John. I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, Mark Evans said maybe you are, John. Just an observation that John refused your moisturiser, but was talking about dyeing his hair grey and letting his wife pluck his eyebrows. 
she doesn't pluck my eyebrows. She suggests I do it. Um, uh, you know, I'm happy going grey, but as we said last week, it's just if, it, if we get that patching. Yeah, middle you, I issue. will give you that much. It's just to say the patching. If I had one side of my face went completely dry and the other side stayed normal, then I would moisturise just to balance things up. But I'm happy. I'm okay going grey. You're okay going grey? What if you had the monobrow? <laughs> monobrow. The waxing might come out. <laughs> waxing might come out. <laughs> Oh, there you go. There you he go. Just, he made, wait, I'm just trying to put on a few more minutes. Uh, Jimmy Hopwood. We don't need one? more minutes. Oh, you already did that one. <laughs> okay, then. Um, what else we got down there? Sponsor. Ath- we haven't done Athlinks. Yeah, Athlinks.com. Now, I had some I had some notes on there on Athlinks tonight. I, was, oh, I, was, I had some. Sponsor, Extreme Endurance. Let's go for good. Athlinks. Free stuff. Right, so free stuff on Athlinks. Okay, I'm going to go Athlinks shop. You go to the Athlinks um, homepage. You get the Amino Vital giveaways, prize winners each week. You just need to enter, go on the draw, and get your free stuff. So, what do you do to enter? You go to you go to um, athlinks.com, and on the front page, you've got like a giveaway prize gives each week. Obviously, you click on that link, and then it takes you through to our Amino Vital's page. Now, what they want from you is not much really. They just want an email. There you go. So send me an email, and you can do the old "I don't want offers," so they're not going to spam you if you don't want it. But if you do like their product and you do want offers, then you can say yes, and then they won't bug you. And you say you've chose, and you can choose which prize you'd like to win. Ooh. So you could choose a golf prize, <laughs> interesting, or an endurance prize. There you go. But let's be honest, a few of our listeners probably play a bit of golf. Probably don't. Can you play golf? Um, okay. I'm really bad. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, don't play very often, but I can. You know, if I go out for a little, little, I very rarely play 18, but if I go and play, you know, 9 or 12, my goal is usually to maybe get a couple of par, two pars. Two pars? Um, um, maybe we should have a game of golf one day. Go out to the three par out at uh, QE2. Fairmead, Fairmead's got a... Oh, a I know the guy who actually. He could probably hook a brother up. There we go. So, um, athletes.com, they've got a free <laughs> prize giveaway there. They've also got the T-shirts you can get on there. They're still there on your homepage. Very fashionable items that they are. Oh, let's not forget what athletes do. They're a great way to keep track of everything you're doing in your sport. It's uh, you, you track your results. It's just like your home base of everything you're doing and your racing and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I've got to admit, the other, you know, when I see people like Belinda Granger and stuff like that saying, right, well, I've done 40, 43 irons yeah. and stuff, there's probably one regret that I've got is... I, you I didn't can, always do it. If I, I would love to have a record of every single triathlon yeah. that I've ever done. I'd probably go through and get a lot of them, but... Well, the stuff that we had before the internet. Mm, I've got a little box of results in my place. Yeah, yeah. So I would be able to go through and get a lot of them. It's a Sunday play. job, a rainy Sunday job. Put all your yeah. results on your things. Yes, I would love to have every single race that oh, I've done. Awesome. Yeah. yeah this, and so now this is where you've got to start. If, you, if you're early into it, now you can start and you can have every single one. It's just every time you do a race on the Monday morning afterwards, go and put the information on. It's five minutes of your time. And it's one of those things that rewards you later on in life. Mm. Athlinks.com, John. Check, check it out. Yes. John, we're going to be putting the safe airs, mate. Putting the safe airs. I've just got to go to the fracture clinic. What's she done to herself? She broke her toe. Oh, that's right. How's the toe going? It's a little tender still, but it's getting better. What's your goss, John? What is my goss? I'm still excited about my, my tent today. You are? He actually looks pretty excited yeah, too. Pretty excited. Oh. Belinda does not share my enthusiasm. Um, so what, you will literally go camping without her? Yep. Great. Yeah. So you're going one of those dome ones that are two rooms? Yes. That's yeah, that's pretty good they are. That's what I'm after. Yep. Um, other than that... Uh, so will you go camping in the next few weeks then? Go over to Arcane's Bay one night. Nice. Nice. Um, other than that, what else is happening? Uh, I think I'm about to book up to go over to Mooloolabar. Uh, you're going to do it, are you? No, I'm not going to do it. But oh. um, conveniently, I'm just I'm about to book it. Uh, they've got a 5K on the Friday night. So I'll do the 5K, I think, on Friday night. Go over and watch. I've got... 
three guys going for the under-23 team, and they've all got pretty good charts. So, so why you just think you want to go watch the races? Because gurus and stuff like that? No, more so to support my guys that are racing. Look at Coach you are, John. Yes. They're for, the, they're for the boys. They're for, they're, I am there for them, not for me. That's right. So you do know? that. What gain do you get? Nothing, John. Nothing. You just give, give, give. God, I want to get first, second, third in New Zealand champs from my under-23 boys. So and a good chance? Pretty good chance, yep. Much competition out there? Uh, there's one guy that's exceptional, but I think he's racing elite. Ryan Sissons, he's like a, he got third in the world last year, but I think he's racing elite. But outside of that, my boys, what are they better bring home the bacon. Tom Davison, Harrison Dean, and Mike Phillips. Better bring home the bacon. How'd they go in Monaco? Uh, they got first and second in the under-23s, maybe about seventh and eighth or something like that. So not too bad. Um, other than that, everything else is pretty, pretty good, Bevan. What about you? Well, a few things are happening, John. First thing that happened is that Porno gave me a mountain bike. Right. So I went for a mountain bike the other day. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Don't, don't try to ride up Bowen Vale. No, I've never been, I've never been up or down Bowen Vale. Oh. Because you get run over by mountain bikers. Well, so Bowen Vale and Christchurch is, is kind of like the real crazy downhill one. Mm-hmm. And what I can't get was, because I love a challenge, and so I thought I'll go up Bowen Vale because it's a bit of a mm-hmm. challenge. And I was aware that guys could be coming down really fast, so I was being pretty cautious. But at the same time, you just fall back. Right. Because at times it's so steep. Mm-hmm. So I probably ran a third of it. Right. Yeah, <laughs> pushing the bike up hill. The secret is you're upper packing down Bowen Vale, isn't it? Well, no, there's no way I'd go. I'd die if I went down Bowen Vale. Really? Like, it's really that technical. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, it's not a, a newbie's. I went, I went the other way around. I went down right. Rebecca. Rebecca's all right going down. So I have to admit, um, this year I'm kind of I'm using my fitness. I've thought this year I'm going to use my fitness to do different and new things. So you're not doing the marathons this year? No, nothing's I'm not really interested to be honest. Uh, I want to do Abel Tasman. I'm gonna do Abel Tasman. Entries are opening, I've got an email. On the first. Right, yeah. Yep, on the first I got my email too, so Abel Tasman and I think there's a light Mount, Mount Lightford run. Mm-hmm. Which coming up in a few weeks. Which Giraffon? Is it a Giraffon Mount? They used to do Giraffons up uh, maybe Mount um it's one in Hamner. John I'm not sure if I've talked about this recently. But my daughter's sounding concerned, Bevan. Well, well it's concerned for a good reason. Yes. My daughter keeps telling me how much she loves me lately. Right. And not in a way that then comes with a question of wanting something. Mm. Should I be concerned? She like the other day she just sent me a text she's going, I love you. That's very nice of her. She's just going through a stage. My kids tell me, Tommy says, I Yeah, but you're, yeah, he's, he's under five. He's not 13. Yeah. He's not a 13-year-old girl. They say, they tell everyone tells me, 13 to 16, mate, you're in trouble. Yeah. And she's, I'm not in trouble. She's telling me she loves me. It's just as long as there's no strings attached. At this stage, I just let it roll. Not that I've got any experience in that area, but just let it roll I'm, and be, I'm, be happy. I'm either doing something right or something's really bad happening behind the scenes. <laughs> that's, that's kind of my thinking. Other than that, John, this weekend, um, not much on. Not much on. Yourself? No, I don't think so. We're a bit boring, aren't we? I'm, I'm, I'm renovating at home. I'm renovating. Blimey oh. gets very anxious yeah. when I do that. I would do it. Smashed out the. I've smashed out my spa pool and I'm building a deck on it. Oh, why is that? Because we never use a spa pool. Oh, really? Yes. Why not? It's just. It was just. It just didn't. Did you ever have a spa pool? No. Uh. That's probably one of the reasons we didn't use it. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that the swimming pool is going off. Really? Other than that, running's going pretty good. Pretty happy with where I'm at with the running. Pretty slow, but it's all good. I think that's Next much. week, Bevan's away, so we'll do a little bit of a Skype in your room, maybe, or we'll maybe do it on Monday. Let's do it Monday. Monday. So we'll next week, interview yeah. next week on Double Iron Man. So we'll interview the guy today, and that'll be on next week's show. Good times. All right then. Iron Russ. I'm in note. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.